0: so you're in new jersey right now yeah bro we're jersey style right now dude i'm at my childhood home my parents house
1: oh my gosh good for you (laughs) good for you wow it's all all happening um something something is happening i don't know if it's all happening rami (laughs) Hey friends, Mike Birbiglia here. Happy Thanksgiving to you! It's a uh, it's a big week. We're we're putting on these uh, these working it out virtually shows on on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so you can you can watch with your families, even if one of you is in Ohio and the other one is in Connecticut. It, it you know you can share this thing. That's sort of fun. There's We just put a trailer up on Instagram, so if you go to at for bigs on Instagram, you can see what the virtuals are like. They're really sort of a cool, one-of-a-kind thing. And today, we have an episode, one of my favorite episodes of all time, Rami Youssef. This guy, he really is a prodigy. I'd say he's about 30 years old. He has his own series on Hulu called Rami that has won a golden globe it's been nominated for multiple emmys he's won a peabody award he has his own hbo stand-up special called feelings that's hilarious i just uh I, i i am just infinitely entertained by and impressed by my guest today i hope you enjoy this chat as much as i did rami youssef So you and I met through our our mutual friend, a very funny comedian, Josh Rabinowitz, who I've toured with a lot over the years. And uh, a few years ago, actually, he just said to me sort of like, you got to see my friend Rami. This was before your series and your special. And everything. Yeah. And I watched you at the cellar. You had a joke that like, I still quote to people uh, because it's just, uh, just. Nails a truth, which is it was right around the time of the Michael Jackson documentary. And you go, like, (laughs) people are like, Where were the parents? You know, and you make this point, you go, like, you have to remember this was peak Michael Jackson. This was like 80s, like, most popular Michael Jackson. (laughs) It's like if LeBron. Asked your son to play basketball in his backyard. And you'd be like, yeah, (laughs) you know. And that analogy is, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering it, but it's like, to me, I was like, that joke gets to the heart of, I think, what all jokes want to be, which is, it's just true.
0: (laughs) The joke was, um, yeah, the joke was like, like I grew up with White Michael, but but they knew like Peak Michael, you know, like like <laughs> yes. like really just like the peak and 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 everyone thought it was so weird. But if I really think about it, like, what if there was someone that I just really you know really re- re- respected, and and I had to ask myself like. Would I let my kids sleep next to LeBron James? You know, like 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 if, <laughs> if he was like, yeah, you know, we were just like shooting hoops and then we got tired and we just kind of crashed out on this bed and and I don't know. It's like when your kid's around, I just I feel like I could beat the Warriors and then I would oh, just like, go like I mean like you could beat the Warriors. I mean like ah man, I hate the Warriors. Oh, I mean my that that te- you know? so that that was kind
1: of the oh, um, my gosh
0: that was the punchline. I think it was like you could oh, beat the Warriors. Gosh. <laughs>
1: It's just such a hard, uh, it's such a painful the funny thing
0: too. The funny thing too, Mike, is that I think when we met, I was, I was like a month out from shooting my special. And I think you, the funny thing about you pointing out that joke is, um, I actually remember being on the subway with you after I did that joke. And uh, it, that was the second time I'd ever done the joke. And and, and 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 it was so funny because I was, like, kind of working on a bunch of other stuff. But I, I was kind of like, oh, I think this is, like, one of my favorite jokes that I've yeah. written. And I kind of just found it. And I'm, do you find that? Like, I always find any time I'm getting close to the date of something – I just start writing way better stuff. It's almost like a survival thing. I'm like, dude, the things coming, you know, like the thing, the things coming. Like you gotta, it's time to eat dinner. Like, like just it just ramps up, and my writing gets so much better.
1: I feel like on the subway because in the slow round of the show, we talk about like memories that run on a loop. I remember that subway perfectly. It was the night we met. (laughs) I saw you do that joke. Then you go, we're heading downtown on the F train. You want to join us? I think it was you and the Lucases and maybe one other comic. Todd Berry. Todd Berry. Yeah. And I was like, sure. And then and then I was maybe going to join you at some comedy room you were going to and then like halfway there, which is a classic like being married and having children thing, I was just <laughs> like, no, I think I sort of like want to be home with my wife and daughter. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and so I headed home. But it was it was one of those things where I was it's quintessential uh le- I never use this term but like FOMO moments of like, <laughs> what's their night gonna be like? <laughs> their night seems like it's gonna be really interesting. What mine is just, uh, you know, heading home for some warmth.
0: And then, you know, the thing is, though, it's like, I think that's what you think. It's like, it's in, and I, I would imagine being married and having a kid is a lot of that of like, oh, what are they gonna do? But then like, you know, I'm sure you you've gone down this logical, hole, but I'll tell you, I don't remember that night, <laughs> but I also do remember that night, like after you parted ways with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't I don't even need this specific to tell you that it probably was us just kinda running around yeah. like maybe half texting uh women who might be somewhere that we wanted to go and then <laughs> going home with like a bag of candy and porn hub like like it wasn't wow. like yeah. you know
1: like it wasn't <laughs> even even that rami sounds very exciting actually you're like yeah. wait were you alone at home <laughs> <laughs> the uh that's awesome the uh <laughs> the candy uh yeah, the candy thing I've noticed lately is a trend with you young young comics, is you're you're going hard on candy.
0: <laughs> we um we put a bunch of it in in the second season of the show where like my character is kind of like really um really into it. It's just it's like it's such dopamine, right? It's so Oh yeah. It's oh, yeah. so sugar is such a drug, man. It's it's really tough to kick.
1: I have a joke about coffee being sort of like that too, but it's like it that it, it's basically like that you know the coffee is is essentially it's you're you're making a deal <laughs> with this drug to like yeah. feel like pretty energized for like 20 minutes and but honestly i feel like if you enjoy 20 minutes of your day i think that's enough <laughs> i think thir- i think 30 minutes and you're basically a buddha I mean, if you
0: could have, a tw- like, yeah, 20 minutes of pure joy, that is, yeah, that is really beautiful. I mean, it. it's funny that you call it that because I historically have never drank coffee. In the last two years, I've started to figure out, like, what is my deal with coffee? Like, yeah. so I, I tend to, like, drink it once a week. And I'm not even kidding, Mike. If I, like, I'll, I'll buy it and I'll drink half a cup and then I'll throw it out because if I drink the whole cup, I'm up until... 4 a.m. Wow. And then I'll sleep for like three hours and wow. then I'll wake up and I'll be good for the rest of the day. And and it really, like, a body that's not used to caffeine, you really understand how oh, yeah. much of a drug it is. It's a hard drug. It, it really, it's a hard drug. Like, I can't believe people drink it, like, twice a day.
1: No, it's absurd. It's absurd. Is it... I don't... I mean, I'm trying to think. Is it a? Is it... Because you're serious, if people don't know this from your show or your, your special, you're serious about... Islam you know so it's like is is it uh and when I say serious I mean like I'm like a I'm Catholic but I'm putting that in like hard quotation marks
0: yeah 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 you,
1: you take it seriously and, and practice
0: yeah I'm, I, I would say that I'm like um I'm very actively engaged with it like it so so I'm never you know I try to be kind of open about where I'm at just in the sense of I think the definition of someone who's engaging with a spiritual practice is that they already are the transformed result of going through that practice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's, it's, it's like someone, a lot of religion is like, yeah, someone acting like they have a six pack and they like just got a gym membership. And, and that's not really (laughs) like where, where I'm at. I'm more just like, you know, I struggled to go to the gym, but I really want to go to the gym and that, and that's kind of, um, where I'm at and I do go and, and I'm, and I'm, you know, and, and then I injured my ankle and then now I'm like nursing it back and I'm like coming back. And, and so, um, it's, it's a big part of my life, but the coffee thing is, um, is not part of it. the coffee thing is a Mormon thing, by the way. No, I know they, it's a Mormon. Um, that's why yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was asking because I
1: know whenever I go to Salt Lake city, I'm always like fascinated by the, like, no coffee phenomenon because I'm such a coffee nut. And that's why I was like, wait, is it, is it, is it part of Islam? But maybe not. Ooh.
0: Well, you know what's funny? I don't know if you noticed this in Salt Lake, but they have amazing tea houses. And yes, I don't know if that's yes. just like a loophole, but like the best tea yes. I've ever gotten in my life was in Salt Lake because there was all these like tasting and testing rooms. And like, I, I got like a really nice tea set and, and wow. like a lot of nice, you know, yeah, it was it was really cool. Like I, I was I was impressed with, with what they were doing with it over there.
1: I love Salt Lake. I mean, Salt Lake is like one of those places where you just go like, like I... Don't like if we were to line up what our beliefs are, they would yeah, not yes. not many of them would match. But I have to say, <laughs> these are some of the nicest people I've encountered.
0: And it's also just like beautiful, like to kind it's of have gorgeous. that that gorgeous. that mountain backdrop to everything you're doing and the air feels clean. Yeah. Like if, if we weren't so bought into New York LA propaganda, I'd probably move to Salt Lake. Like I don't I feel like there's a bunch of cities like that where you're in it and you're like. I totally would be happy living here if I wasn't just plugged into this other story. Of course, of course. I mean,
1: there's so many places like that. Seattle's like that. Um Portland, Oregon's like that. Like there's a lot Jacksonville,
0: Florida. You know, you're down there <laughs> Jacksonville, at the, Florida, at the, dude. I mean, when I was sitting at the comedy zone in the in the what is it, what hotel you ever do that room? It's like a hotel in Jacksonville, Florida that has a comedy club in it.
1: No. And
0: um oh dude, I mean, talk about just peak living. Just
1: <laughs> Jacksonville <laughs> is like one of the only places where I got like complaints on my show. It was a Thank God for yeah. Jokes tour, and I got, like, straight-up complaints on it being too dirty or too crass, you know? And I re- I, didn't, I didn't realize just how religious of a town it is.
0: One of my first jokes was just talking about something that happened in Jacksonville. Like, it wasn't even a joke. It was, I was on stage, and I said that I was Muslim, and then a woman in the crowd just said, we don't do that here
1: <laughs> and and but we, and, and
0: we that was that, that was it. we don't we don't it's do that so here good. And, and i remember i remember kind of my riff at the time was just like the way she said it was actually so gentle cuz it wasn't like get out it was almost just like oh my the God. air in jacksonville is not conducive oh my to most life form you know like like we tried to grow them you know a couple crops back but oh you know God. we just we don't do that here it's not um that
1: is a wait did you put that on the special I forget
0: I don't think I did it was it was that was one of my first jokes I I don't um I don't know if I ever did that anywhere
1: I feel like I would keep that in the mix I mean it's just such a great detail I've been doing this thing lately where I've been going back into my old notebooks because what I find is that a lot of like when you were starting out you were writing down things that were like setups and punchlines right but you're you're not that good at writing punchlines when you're starting out so the Mm -hmm. punchlines are like terrible but the setups are good the The setups setups are are good the setups are really good and and like so like that's a perfect example of like your your setup is basically this true story she goes we don't do that here and you could go so many directions at that i mean you could (laughs) i mean you could talk about that for 10 minutes (laughs) <laughs>
0: That's really funny. But you weren't
1: capable of doing it at the time because you weren't experienced enough as a comic.
0: Yeah, at the time I could only really talk, I mean actually I think when I just described it to you right now, it's funnier than when I did it on, like I just punched it up even just in convo. Yeah. Because I, I see more in it. But at the time I was just like, can you guys believe this happened? And that was kind of <laughs> just like, that was just kind of where the joke ended because you don't really, you don't, yeah, you don't know um, how to proceed. You know, you, you, you know how to pay attention. I mean, like, and interestingly, it's like that in, in many ways, it's almost like your voice as a comic is identified really early on. Because yeah. it's like, what do you pay attention to? That, yeah, that's of kind of, the, of the, the core of, of art. It's like, so oh, true. wow, this person paid attention to that. You yeah, know, and 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 when they paid attention to that, here's what they did with it. And in the beginning, you don't know what to do with it, but you know what you're paying attention to, and and I, and I find that to be really cool.
1: Stepping away from my chat with Rami to send a shout out to Bicycle Coffee. Bicycle Coffee is a family business started in Oakland in 2009. They do monthly subscriptions. I have one. You can get light roast, medium roast, dark roast. I get the dark roasts. They have fast and free shipping on all orders. Uh, if you use the discount code Burbigs, you get 15% off at BicycleCoffeeCo.com. And a really cool thing is that a portion of all of their sales are donated to the World Bicycle Relief. That's an organization that provides bicycles to students, health workers, and entrepreneurs in developing regions in the world. Bicycle coffee. They're great! Now back to the show. You and I have talked about this before. Like, your comedy is edgy. You take a lot of chances. You talk about religion, which is always a third rail. Like, do you get more criticism from people who hate Muslims or Muslims?
0: <laughs> um, from from definitely from the Muslim community, for sure. Muslim communities, I mean, it's, I've even slipped by saying the Muslim community. It's, it's not a monolith. So it's like you kind of have, you know, um, a variety of different points of view under this really massive umbrella, right? So, um, and, and I think there's this scarcity of, material. And there's like a scarcity of art, really, that's trying to have even somewhat of an optimistic light. So something like my show comes along, and then people um, from a press standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, or whatever, it's like, hey, Muslims, here's your show. And and it's so I mean, if I wasn't like a late 20s, Arab Muslim dude from Jersey, who watched too much porn, I would be like, this is not my show. Like, what are you talking about? Like, like, this has nothing to do with me. And, and I think I, I'm not surprised by it, but the the thing is the love that also comes from the Muslim communities that are really, you know, engaged in the show, the various ones who really get into it is like really overwhelming. And, and that's really cool where people are like, yo, this is like, you're hitting the thing that, that I've been feeling and I hadn't seen. And so it's a really, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to have one without the other. So, so I, I really appreciate both. And, and in terms of the people who, um, don't like Muslims, they don't see the show, you know, and (laughs) and that's the, 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 it's not their thing. They don't see the special. I mean, like I remember putting like, that was one of the biggest lessons that I've had. And, and it speaks to the multiple realities that we're living in. Right. Because it's like, you can create your own environment in which Wearing a mask is propaganda, Dr. Yeah, Fauci is yeah, yeah, evil, sure, sure. and you know, and 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 this and that. And I, you know, you and and Netflix will even do it for you. They'll they'll you watch the ranch for more than two episodes, you're never gonna see anything that has a brown face on that algorithm. Yeah. Like it's like there everyone is going to be able to look at what they want to look at. And yeah. so um, yeah, I'm not. W- which is even further a step of like why I make what I make and how I make it, which is like, I am wanting to nuance to the choir. You know, I'm wanting yeah. to, yeah. to, to kind of, you know, I know I have a captive audience, but I want to um, really kind of talk about the tension that's even within. Right. Cause it's like the, cause everything's so polarized. Like there's right and there's left. And I'm like, no, there's four lefts. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like, yeah, I'm left, but like, oh man, I'm one of four lefts. And, and so I think that's kind of how I feel when, um, you know, when, when the various types of Muslims watch my show, which is like, you know, how dare you even think this was supposed to be for you before you even gave it a shot? Like, why would you think that it was? There are so many of us. So that, that kind of happens on both ends. Um, but yeah, man, it has it, been a really illuminating thing to kind of realize that. Um, look, there's a couple of like right wing hit articles, and you know, uh, Rami Youssef's trying to spread Islam, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, who's to say if that's true or not? <laughs> but um, <laughs> but 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 it's like well, it's it, working. It's, it's, Whatever you're doing, it's, Rami is working. <laughs> I know you kept hitting me up about uh, how to do Ramadan, which I thought was really, <laughs> r- really exciting. But, you know, it's, it's not in the way that I would think. So, yeah, yeah, that's the long answer. I
1: was doing like 15 meals a day. Is that what it is? Yeah, you,
0: you did reverse Ramadan at a certain <laughs> point, which I thought was an interesting kind of fuck you to um, the Muslims. But, yeah.
1: I was doing, well, my strict rule during Ramadan is I, I make sure I, I have to finish the pizza if I start the pizza. Is that part of Ramadan?
0: Yeah, in, in solidarity with all those who are currently not eating, yeah.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Um, What is the, uh, is, is there a, an episode of the show that's most controversial, like that, that Muslims are upset about a specific thing?
0: It's more like there are episodes that aren't controversial. Like, it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like there are certain <laughs> ones that kind of like pop out, but we, you know, we have a lot of... Um, there was one, you know, I don't really ever have regrets about anything. Um, there was one thing I did have a regret on where I made a mistake, which was we. Um, okay, so I would say our most controversial episode is one that we shot with Mia Khalifa, um, the porn star, and she was in it. And it's kind of this out of the box episode, um, and and I really we had a lot of fun with it, and I really I really love the episode. There was one fraction of a line where. Um, She's basically talking about being banned from Lebanon and how, you know, ISIS was after her and pointing out the hypocrisy where it's like... um you know, how do they even know me, right? It's because they watch my porn. And then she says a line that is incorrect. She says, statistically, the Muslim countries are watching the most porn. And then they're also, you know, coming after me the hardest. And that word statistically, like I really regretted, I actually ended up getting it pulled from the broadcast because the stat wasn't true. And and so I had like a bunch of people kind of really upset. They're yeah. Like, Why did you say yeah. statistically? And then I kind of looked around and it's like, it Used to be true. It was like an old stat. Oh, it's not like the yeah. current stat. Sure, and so, sure. so, so like, it, it's kind of semantics, but like I think the reason it bothered me is because my favorite thing about comedy is that it doesn't have to be factually true. Like yes. that is what I like about it. Yes. But then I was like, oh, well, I made the mistake by putting that one word and if making you're say it, Yeah. Yeah. Like I made an assertion when like my whole thing is that I'm not going to make an assertion. And so it was kind of like. So, so some people will be like, man, why is there all this? Why is there all that? Why is there all that? And it doesn't do anything to me. And then someone was like, that's, that's not true. And yeah. I felt like fire go through my body. And I was like, how could I do this? Like, that was the thing that, wow. where I felt like, whoa, I really messed up. But right. it was, um, you know, and then I got it pulled and whatever. But I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't, um, fix everything because it was out it, there for as long as it was out there, out there. Was yeah. out there and yeah. people have it, you know, and, and our show is massively, um you know bootlegged and all that because Hulu's only domestic and so it's picked up in other places but like people are like kind of ravenously spreading it around because um you know we're kind of we're touching on something that um a lot of the world has been wanting to see and and that's really exciting but but look i mean that that's that that thing was was like a hot point yeah. for sure and i you know totally you know respect that and 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 uh, but but it's also like you know it's it's um it's still a comedy and 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 it's it's still like you know if you were taking stats from me or mia uh i would be worried yeah and, totally. and, and all the you know it's like and also, of us it was are, true, it was true
1: at a period in time and the show technically is nowhere in space and time yeah <laughs> technically it doesn't exist at all yeah <laughs> So this is a section of the show we call the slow round, and it's it's sort of like, do you, like memories like do you have a memory from childhood that's sort of on a loop in your brain, but it's not a story per se.
0: That's interesting. I feel like there's, I feel like there's a few. I mean, like,
1: or anything that makes you cringe when you think you're like ah, you know this is so weird, and I.
0: I <laughs> because I, I i wasn't planning on i was i really wasn't planning on talking to any of this but it's interesting that i had this um i went to public school before i moved to jersey i went to public school in new york and there was there's this memory being a really young kid where my bully was this girl and she really felt like i was like the perfect target or whatever and she'd make fun of me and She'd say I looked like a monkey and stuff. And then um she kicked me one day oh. in, in, in in the balls and oh. I started bleeding. Like oh my I guess God. like
1: <laughs> I guess like
0: my like oh, no. I guess like my my ball sack opened or something. Like oh I don't know what happened, God. but there was like Blood everywhere, and then I was in the stall. And then I remember like the whole class <laughs> outside the stall, like boys and girls, like everyone went into the boys' room because uh. I like ran to the stall, but there's like blood. And then, um, and I just remember the embarrassment. And I remember, I-, I remember her like from the outside the stall kind of being like, like she was so soft. She was like, I'm sorry, or whatever. And like, I rem- and then I remember like my brain fast forwards to my uncle picked me up because I guess my parents were both at work. and he bought me a Game Boy that I had been begging for, and I, like, sat in the bathtub bleeding with a Game Boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think about that, Luke, like, all the time.
1: (laughs) If you wanted to make that a joke, like, I feel like there's a joke in in the idea of, like, I know a lot of you have been kicked in the balls before, but how many have been kicked in the balls to the point of blood?
0: Dude, I think about that. All the time. Like it's it's so wild you asked me that question because I haven't I've maybe told that story to like a few friends over the years, but it's not it's not something (laughs) it breaks
1: the skin getting kicked in the balls.
0: Oh I don't oh man, I wish I knew where she was now.
1: That's a lot. Do you have any (laughs) uh, when you were growing up, was there a group that wouldn't let you in, like in school, that kind of thing? Um
0: I mean you know, it's interesting, like, I kind of went to this school where, oddly, it kind of felt like we were all weird. Like, everyone just kind of seemed kind of weird. I definitely felt, like, a little more outsider-y. I I remember there being, like, a shift after um, 9-11 when I grew up, and there was definitely this, like, you know, like, I remember, like, like the Girl Scouts kind of not really wanting my mom and sister to be part of the Girl Scouts anymore. Oh. Like it was like kinda like yeah, it was kinda like a little weird. Like for a beat, I don't know if it lasted. I think it was just kinda like, hey, let's chill for a sec. Like almost you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. um as if we just had a fight and everyone was like, let's just um let's just let it air out. And we were wow. like, we didn't have a you know, we didn't have a fight. Like, that was almost the attitude. It was kinda like, hey, um yeah, just let's just like chill for a minute. And and so that was kind of like this moment of How
1: old were you at that point?
0: Well I was um I was eleven, so wow. it was pretty formative at the time. And, and I remember kinda like, you know, yeah, I remember feeling that vibe. That was a vibe for a bit. But then I, I almost kind of at some point flipped the switch and became like more social because of it, where I was like, Well, I'm gonna kind of show everybody that like whatever they think isn't true. And then I started being like you know, i like became like class president by the end of middle school, you know. Wow. Um so it was it was like um it was a you know a big uh, emotional kind of rags to riches uh, student council victory. You know, I
1: remember Fox News <laughs> was very concerned that you had become class president. They they ran with that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that was all over Breitbart for for a period of time.
0: Dude, they're taking over
1: they're taking over legislatures. <laughs> they're <Yeah>. taking <laughs> over student councils. <laughs> Stepping away from my conversation with Rami to send a shout out to our sponsor, Spindrift Sparkling Waters. Most sponsors with podcasts, they call the podcast. They go, hey, I'd like to be an advertiser. Well, guess what? I like Spindrift Sparkling Waters so much that I called them. I said, I want you to send me waters because it's just... It's a really simple thing. It's sparkling water with real squeezed fruit. There's 11 flavors. There's no added sugar. It's a good alternative to soda. It's just like a great situation. I, I drink a lot of it. I love it. It tastes great. If you go to drinkspindrift.com, you can use the code burbigs 25 for 25% off your first order. And now back to the show. So I have some bits that I wanted to run by you. Um hit me. Here we go. Um <laughs> the uh this is not unusual for us because this is what we do when we see each other at the comedy Cellar. So it's not uh out of the ordinary. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it's uh I've been doing outdoor shows, you know. Uh I actually just recently did the my final one and and uh they're a little bit a little bit like giving a wedding speech. It's like a bad <laughs> microphone in a tent that doesn't fit more than like 11 people. And we're on so like a funny. lawn in the back of a hotel. And I'm like, I've known Tommy's circle since third grade. I know Susanna's circle since I was born, <laughs> you know? And it just got me thinking about like wedding, weddings and wedding speeches, right? And like, and like, cause I've been to a lot of weddings and my conclusion is that. Um, other than the best man and the maid of honor, I feel like uh, no speeches. Because yeah, the qualifications yeah, yeah. after the the first two slots are that you're drunk enough to feel like your opinions should be heard through a microphone. <laughs> and like, like when I do jokes, there's setups and punchlines. And in wedding speeches, there are setups and friendship enders. Like one time <laughs> I was at a wedding and this guy goes... Uh, me and Kelly used to, you know, and everyone froze. Like literally, like I looked at my friend Chris and I go, "Is this a setup, or a <laughs> friendship ender?" And he goes, "I think it's both." And and then, uh, yes, yeah, so I got that. And then I, and then I was sort of like thinking about all the weddings I went to, and I was like, I find the more money people throw at the wedding, the lower the odds of success are at, of the marriage. Like it's like saying, like, <laughs> no pressure on the marriage, but we did rent the train station for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um it, like when That's I graduated from college, my first friends who got married, and they're very sweet people, they got married at Union they rented, <laughs> not making this up, Union Station in Washington, DC. <laughs> Union Station. Oh my, god. They, got oh my di- god. they got divorced like five years later, and uh and they didn't have that <laughs> at the train station. Though I believe they did take trains to different cities forever. By the way, uh, this is, this, w- that actually was my wedding speech. And uh, it was, a, it was a friendship ender. <laughs> so That's That's, so that's the whole bit. Just, it's sort of a free association about weddings and, and like, just sort of like, I don't know. I, I don't know where it's going to land eventually, but it's sort of just about, I, maybe it'll just end up being in some some kind of thing about rituals. Because my whole, the new show is called the YMCA Pool that I'm working on. It's all about entering middle age and and sort of realizing I'm halfway through my life and sort of evaluating like these larger things. And like, I do think like there's certain things like weddings where I'm like, I, it just at this age it just feels silly it's like this thing that we've been doing for all you know uh, centuries but it just it it just feels not quite right
0: i mean put putting putting a lot of money into um into it uh there's got to be some sort of quibi analogy there but um <laughs> yes, <there's- laughs> <that's funny. laughs>
1: quibi of course was the streaming platform that sort of had billions of dollars in it and it collapsed in like 2 weeks or something <laughs>
0: but there's there's something about um everyone being like so drunk when they're going up to give speech like as lo- like the longer the speeches go on um where it's like at a certain point you'd almost rather hear from the caterer like, 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 he might be the only one sober enough to know the groom at this point. Like, there's something funny about just like, I'd rather someone random just give me a parable about marriage than hear about yes. this weird fucking thing from somebody.
1: Yeah. It's also like, yeah, and also maybe there's something about the Bible and how like people will read passages from the Bible at weddings and. And uh, and you're sort of like, well, I don't know if that applies. You know, like, women used to be property. Like, I don't know if we should really be digging into the Bible passages on marriage so hard.
0: Also, you've been doing coke all weekend. Like, is that... <laughs> you know,
1: like... Do you have any bits that you're working on right now? Um, You know, I've been, like...
0: I got I got this notebook here I've been writing some some stuff like I <laughs> I had something that's like I kind of want two therapists
1: <laughs> like like I yes
0: like 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 kind of just feeling like um like my therapist doesn't really sense enough competition like and and I and I kind of felt it cuz I started seeing like I have a therapist but then I started seeing this acupuncturist who would also like talk about stuff and then yeah, like sure. I had this moment where like um you know I noticed my therapist kind of oh time's up and like I kind of saw her like clock watching a little and and I was just there was this part of me that was just like how dare you like oh God, do you so understand funny. like how good of a client I am oh like gosh. like you don't even like like <laughs> like I like I my childhood shit is so Easy compared to other things, like like haven't been molested, not gonna molest. Like like, <laughs> oh like I like 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 what 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 do I have? Like like some like identity issues and religious confusion. Like yeah, like, like 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 I'm a fucking dream. Like like do you have any idea how many therapists would love to have me in their calendar? And and just this idea of that's of very like, funny. When you go to a therapist, they're just like, you know, the therapists are just like, yeah, you can only see me because of this and that, which is like such a shitty business model because that. That doesn't put me in an advantage. Like I'm just beholden to your analogies. Like I want the best analogies that I can find. You know, like yeah, yeah, I want, yeah. you want free market. I want, I want, you want free market want, therapy. Yeah, I want free market. I want I want multiple <laughs> it's funny, free market. I want multiple people <laughs> telling me what's going on, you know. And 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 the second I got a second therapist, I see her up her game, you know, because last week she's watching the clock, she finds out I'm seeing someone else, and suddenly she comes in with this killer analogy where oh, she's wow. like, you know, I've been thinking about your life, your life is like a tree.
1: You know, oh. it's like,
0: it's like, it's a, it's an elevated version of selfishness where if you just focus on growing, you grow for all those around you. And I'm like, Whoa, where was this fucking tree analogy? Wait, you know, can you say the analogy ago?
1: again? So if you focus on the growth, you only grow for people around you. Is that what it is?
0: So the this is a, this is an analogy actually that I came up with, but I put it in the joke. But it's this, <laughs> where I was, it's this analogy where I was, I was thinking about like, um, like trees and how trees are kind of. In a way, um, they they could almost kind of seem selfish because all they do is just grow. They're just trying to get bigger. Yeah. Um, But like, the bigger they get they actually help all the trees around them and yes. they also help the people because it's like if you just do what you're supposed to do you just grow like trees don't stop growing like they don't stop to like jerk off they don't like ignore <laughs> sunlight they're not like eh, i'm not going to like photosynthesize <laughs> today like they they're like they're like like trees are like act they do everything humans don't which is like you give them what they need and they're going to do it they're not going to slack up and and then the bigger they get and the more powerful they get they like make shade for people yeah. they create oxygen yeah, yeah. birds so build much nests Tough. Like lovers carve their names in their trunks. It's like this like beautiful thing. And yeah. so like for for a while in my life, I'm like, oh man, I wanna like I wanna live like a tree. Like if I could just fulfill what I'm supposed to do, I'll be who I'm supposed to be for everyone around me. And um and so I kind of had this idea of in the bit like my therapist telling me that, but like only after I got another therapist. That's and I'm very just like funny. Ooh. I'm like where the fuck was it? Like last week you told me it was just cuz of my dad and now all of a sudden like I'm a tree. Like like how did that happen? That's
1: really funny. <laughs> Might also be funny if like so you tell the therapist the tree analogy and then and then she's like, you know, like I don't see it like you're a tree. I think of you more like a pillow where yeah, yeah, yeah. you're you're trying to like to to soften the blow of the heads of the people you're closest to, you know your parents and your, your siblings. And, you know, like it might be a funny like competing analogy. And then I went back to that therapist. I said, hey. and I said, well,
0: I kind of. What do you think about me being a pillow? And then she's like, right. But but if anything, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want us to think about that mattress under the pillow because really, yeah, yeah. this is about infrastructure. You know, this is.
1: <laughs> it also might be funny if like. If if at some point you, you're tempted to, like, l- just be a little more of a, a critical consumer where you want to mm-hmm. be like, you know, she says the thing about the tree and you're like, I feel like you've used that before. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, this, it doesn't sound me specific.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love that bit that you have about how you went to therapy and then your, your family oh, didn't yeah. want you to go to therapy. Yeah, the, this the,
0: the this is like kind of an extension of that bit, like, because I was thinking about that stuff. Um, yeah, the bit is like, um, you know, I told my dad I was going to see a therapist and he was like, I, I can't believe you're going. I thought, I thought you believed in God and, and, and I'm like, yeah, I, I do believe in God, but like God can't be your therapist. The therapist has to be Jewish. Like you, you can't, it has to be Jewish. Like you can't, you ever go to like, not a Jew. It's terrible. Like they have no advice. It's not, you could tell you're like, is this old Testament or new Testament? Like, you know, and, and, and and then, um and then I kind of go into You know, and then my dad will call me sarcastically being like, you know, he'll tell me all these problems that he has. And he's like, he's pretty emotional, but then he'll get really sarcastic and just be like, huh, I wonder what your little therapist would say about that. That's really funny. uh, And then he'll call me like two days later and be like, say, so what'd she say? Like, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, how do I? That's really funny. (laughs) You might might
1: call back there and be like, he's like, am I the tree or am I the pillow?
0: Yeah, that's funny. I did that too. Yeah. (laughs) Because I kind of was going into this thing where I'm like, it's like they're viewing me going to therapy. Like it's like a Costco membership. Like it's for the whole family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like 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 everyone's calling me with their problems and then my sessions don't even make sense because I'm I'm trying to go for the whole family. Right. And so right, right, the, right. the therapist is like, how's it going with your girlfriend? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, well she's fine, but like, what do you do when you're when your children leave like like how do you find your place in this country as an immigrant and she's like i didn't i didn't know you had kids i'm like i i have menopause and and, (laughs) and i have (laughs) there's like a lot of things we got to talk about today (laughs) that's very funny
1: that's (laughs) um
0: (laughs) i had this one thing which i'm curious what you think of this last thing i had in this notebook uh i was just thinking about like um you know call me by your name and like broke back and like all these movies that are like really good movies that even conservative people have to yeah they kind of get on board just because the movie's so well made sure sure and and so i just kind of wrote like you know republicans need to make a a moonlight like 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 a movie that's so like the 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 relationship is just so riveting that you're like go just just bomb the abortion clinic just do it oh it's the gosh. best thing for you like if they could get liberals to oh be like my gosh, keep no. the baby like
1: like, <laughs> like it was oh, just like no. such a like such a riveting film that is so funny <laughs> like such a riveting film that you're
0: just like just fucking build the wall like it's I- gonna keep <laughs> you together like if
1: you don't build that wall oh. like how will you ever keep this love going <laughs> that's really funny Oh that's that's really good. The, it's funny cuz I had I wrote this bit this week that may form into something which is like I I try to understand my parents and you know they're 80 and like they they're sort of in the at least my dad's sort of in the conservative media like bubble or whatever. And uh it's like I was thinking about how a few years ago I took a flight to Australia. It was 23 hours long and I was like, "You know what?" I'm going to use this time. I'm going to watch Gone with the Wind. <laughs> you know, you have like a checklist of movies. You're like, I'm supposed to see Chinatown. I'm supposed to see Gone with the Wind, whatever. It was a checklist of like canon movies. And it's like four hours, five hours long, whatever. I watch it. And I'm like, all right, ch- check that off the list. Went to Australia, saw Gone with the Wind. And then like six months ago, they're like, Gone with the wind is racist. We will never speak of it again. Really? And I'm like, okay, we'll never speak of it again. Uh, and I feel like with my with my parents, it's like their the last sixty years of their life was watching Gone with the Wind, and then like <laughs> right before they're gonna die, everyone's like, oh yeah, by the way, you're racist, you know. And oh,
0: that's so funny, you know. And they're
1: like, but but I not, but I don't think I am. they like, yeah, no, 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 you're racist. All right, goodbye. And and I think, like, that's how I understand my parents.
0: That's so funny, dude. I, lo- I lo- That's a really good joke.
1: Because <laughs> I don't mind being like, okay, we'll never speak of Gone with the Wind again. But it would be weird if, like, that was every movie I had basically ever seen. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> All of it was... Every TV show, everything. You're like, one last thing before you die. You suck! <laughs> stepping away from my conversation with Rami Youssef to talk about Merch Table. Uh, We've been working with these guys for more than 10 years. I feel lucky to have found them. If you have a band, or uh, if you're a comedian, you have an organization, I recommend you reach out to these guys. They get things done. Uh, They support bands and artists and organizations selling T-shirts, posters, books. Uh, We got, on our Merch Table site, we got zip hoodies we got signed books vinyls of the new one vinyls of thank god for jokes they do live show fulfillment they've got an amazing art director named adam jeffers who's done the key art for a bunch of my shows i can't recommend these folks more highly you can hit up our store at burtbiggs.com and now back to the show so uh one thing I've never asked anyone on the show, but I, but because we're friends, I feel like I'm comfortable asking you this. What do you, as someone who knows me, like when you watch me perform? Do you ever think like I'd like to see Mike talk about this thing that he he, he doesn't talk about, or like I want to see a side of Mike that I know from off stage that I don't see on stage? You know how you have that with comics sometimes, where you're like. I wish Josh would talk about this, you know, like that kind of thing.
0: Well, it's interesting because it's, like, the thing that kind of just came to mind is, like, I think it's so small, too, because it's, like, we mostly hang around the comedy club or get some food. So this is going to sound really funny, but, like, I actually... I feel like I've seen you order food and you actually have this like certainty when you're doing it.
1: That's so It's like, funny. really
0: like, like, I think you're like, con- <laughs> and, 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 and like, I kind of like saw something in your eye, like ordering food <laughs> once where I was like, Oh, this guy knows exactly what he's doing. Like, he's not like, he knows exactly what he's doing. Oh, and it's funny. Cause I think like a lot of your stand-up is like, you know, you're, you're sitting in your anxieties, which are totally real and you're yeah. inquisitive. But I also think there's this part of you that like, knows exactly what the fuck you're doing. Oh and I would be so curious to see something that's from that point of view that's so like almost funny. calculated. Like just kind of like, you know, I don't know. It's just such a small glimpse of something I, I've probably seen in your eyes once. What
1: you're also <laughs> speaking to though is like addiction to food. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah, I think yeah. I could write, I think I could write something on that, you know, because I do, I do think like one of the things that, all of us are sort of trying to do in some ways is like crack open the thing in us that we're deeply resisting talking about.
0: Yeah. And, and almost like, like hiding or resentful of, and it's interesting because it's like, we're, we're so like vulnerable about so much, but, but it's like, it's almost like it's just because there's stuff that's so much deeper that's like, all right, well, I'll I'll talk about all this surface stuff. And so it's like, sometimes I feel like our surface stuff is like, for other people, everyone's like, oh, whoa, I can't believe that's what's going on with them. And then you're like, no, there's even more shit that you don't know about.
1: Yeah. (laughs) This is the final section of the show we call Working It Out For A Cause. Is there a nonprofit that you would like to shine a light on that we can contribute to at the show?
0: Oh, you know, there's this really cool nonprofit that I like a lot um, called Muslim Arc, the um, Muslim Anti-Racism Collaborative. And they um, they do a lot of work for Muslims and non-Muslims, but um, they're really about kind of providing a lot of resources and, and they, they look at Black Muslim communities and also kind of re-educating people on like the deep systemic racism that um is happening, you know, that 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 kind of is I think at the at the core of a lot of the conversations that we're having.
1: That's amazing. Well, I'm gonna contribute to them. That sounds great. And I'm actually gonna I'm really curious to see what they do because that that sounds like such a great yeah, they do like
0: training, consulting, um, and they also do like a lot of work through like media and storytelling and and I and they you know, they'll they'll advise on anything from like TV shows or whatever. but i I think they they also, yeah, do like training for, you know workplaces and like that kind of thing where where they'll you sure. know, really kind of go through um any kind of organization and just be like, you know here are you here are some cool conversations that you could be having and i think cuz we're a lot of what we're talking about right now is systems yes. um starting with even your own system right like obviously it could be a family but really like the place you work or the people you deal with um what are what are conversations that you could use some guidance in having
1: yeah i think that's awesome um uh, well thanks for coming on rami you're you know hands down one of the people who makes me laugh the most on the planet and i And also, you're such an original, and I just can't wait to see what you do next and and keep me apprised of the bits as they're coming along because I want to kick around more stuff. Oh dude,
0: thanks, man. Likewise, I I it's like the thing that's killing me the most is that we can't just be, you know, seeing it all the time in person. But I will, I I will.
1: I know. Awesome, man. Working it out, cause it's not done. We're working it out, cause there's no and that's another episode of Working It Out. Rami Youssef. How about that Rami Youssef? My god, is that fella talented? I feel like we work some stuff out. Uh, if you want to follow Rami, he is at Rami R A M Y on Instagram. He is a he's a brilliant comic and he's he's going to make a, a, a great many things cuz he's uh, he's very prolific. And just a, just a really sweet person. Our producers of Working It Out are myself, along with Peter Salamone and Joseph Berbiglia. consulting producer Seth Berish. sound mix by Kate Belinsky, assistant editor Mabel Lewis. Special thanks to my consigliere Mike Berkowitz, as well as Marissa Hurwitz. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff for our music. He has a new song out right now with Bruce Springsteen. Look out for that. I love that song. My daughter sings it all the time. As always, a very special thanks to my wife J Hope Stein. Our book got translated into Slovakian this week. <laughs> so that's that's a fun twist. The translation, by the way, is one is enough. Because you don't get to choose what they how they translate things. One is enough. Uh, and it is always, that book is, in America, it's called The New One. It's at your local bookstore. Support your local bookstore. Support your bicycle coffee. Support your spindrift. Support your merch table. As always, a special thanks to my daughter, Una, who created this radio fort. See you at the virtual event this weekend. Four shows for Biggs.com. Thanks most of all to you who have listened. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. Tell your enemies. (laughs) (laughs) We're working it out. See you next time, everybody.